just a bunch of witty banter. Good play, Papa. Hey, I'll equip, you'll have equip, we'll both have equip. Boingy boots. He's very boingy. You're a boingy guy. <laughs> you guys, see, you guys do He's this. like trampolining over here with you his You guys boots. more or less do the same thing, though. No. Well, here's, no. Well, here's the deal. The flagship beep of the podcast is Beetle Beep Boop. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm aware of you that. Know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, well, good, because that needs to be... It's I a flagship. Like it needs to be reinforced. It's a staple. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, I, I know. I'm familiar. And then Hunter does like some variant... And then I try to just do something weird so that it or or something. Because who knows after you put your effects on it, what it'll sound like. It could turn into anything. I got you. You are listening to your favorite podcast, as you can tell by all of the beep banter. Witty Banner Podcast, episode number 37. I am your host, Chase Williams. To my right is the always orange Hunter Dorset. Sup, peeps. And to my left is the golden monkey, Forrest Collada. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, guys? I've claimed it as my appropriate. You really have. Now, I can't tell you how excited I am to be around this table, not only because we didn't get to do an episode last week because of Thanksgiving, but also because this might have been the worst week in academia I've ever had. Really? And it's finally over with. Well, good. It was totally It's behind you. Put the boss behind you. I remember when I was in college. (laughs) What's it like being a stock trader now? (laughs) Driving in your Ferrari. Are you E? You'll find out. Type E. Call me when you get there. Well... I uh, like, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Now, I want to go ahead and start the show out a little differently than we typically do. I'm going to start with an email. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This email comes from Tyrell Elliott. He emailed the show at wittybantershow at gmail.com, just like you can. And he says, Master Banterers. Hey guys, Tyrellyate is here. I'm a big fan of the show, and I just finished listening to your last episode while va- while I vacuumed the house. Nice, riveting. Yeah, that's 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 like perfect usage. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm trying to be in your ear while you're vacuuming. We want to be as much a part of the domestic process as we can. I, li- I listen while I fold my laundry sometimes. Oh, that's cute. I think we have like a domestic influence. This is awesome. He says I wanted to write in and get my ego stoked because I heard that's what the deal was, and that's coming later. Don't you worry. But he says, just kidding, I want to provide some constructive uh, feedback, shoot you a couple questions, and of course, formally, you in- formally invite you to Thirsty Planet to brew, drink, and talk about some beer. That's awesome. So the first part of his question, which we're going to do now, we're going to save the rest for later, is he says, first off, I like the beer reviews, but I would like a little more info about each beer. He suggests that we add where in town we got the beer, the price that we paid, was it a good value relatively, and do you like the presentation, i.e. the branding, the vessel type, etc.? Interesting. Also, for the sake of conversation, can you explain the choice to use a 10-point system for rating rather than the 5-point system that is used by untapped? Hmm. So let's, I mean... <laughs> let, first of all, we're definitely going to start adding the value judgments here. Really? Because you know, you realize that we did discuss that uh, in our show at one point. There was a point where we said, are we going to talk about the price, where we got it? Is that going to be a part of our review? And I said, I thought that from a business standpoint, I didn't think that was fair. Now, why? what did you found those? Because I don't want people to associate a particular price with the beer we got because that's largely dependent on where you got it. And if we do preface it with where we got it, then like I understand. But say if we go to some marked up place and we're like, oh yeah, we had to pay thirteen ninety nine for this beer. People will already just be like, nope, I'm not gonna buy that beer now. You know what I mean? 
But if we assume that we the markup is only going to range so much, and that we're saying like, hey, I spent eleven bucks on this beer and it sucked, so or maybe I spent eleven bucks on this beer and it was okay. Mm -hmm. If it would have been better, I would recommend it. Right. It's a good beer, but it's not eleven bucks beer. Like we can definitely take that into consideration. I'm down. Okay, cool. So we're gonna start doing that. Okay. Number two, the ten point scale. 10-point scale for more variety, bro. Not only do we have 10-point scale, but it's also deviated in half-point increments. You could even do point threes or something. Because I think to. that it's it's you're doing yourself injustice if you if you take a bad beer and you're just going to give it a three instead out of four out of five when you could be giving it a 6.5 out of 10 or you could be giving it a 5.0 out of 10. I mean, those are different things, you know? I feel like it's unlikely that you guys are ever going to pick out anything that would be a one or a two. So right. At mm -hmm. that point, you've it's just, just like got three like, to five. <laughs> you got like okay, good, and great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. Good point. I, I think the ten point scale brings a lot more nuance to how you can rate beers, mm -hmm. and it's also what I'm familiar with because the variety of review websites that I read, I, I mean, you know, they're they're not reviewing beer; they're reviewing other properties. But they use ten point scales. That's what I'm most familiar with. Got you. So that's why I picked it. So, I like I like the variety it gives. So thank you for the. Uh, the questions, Tyrell, we're going to get to the rest of them later, and don't worry, I'm going to hold that little ego stroke as, <laughs> as the carrot at the end of the stick. You shall be praised. For the end of the episode. <laughs> now, why are we even talking about beer in the first place? That's because Witty Banter reviews a beer every episode. We do that? What do we Guess what we're drinking today. It's called Scrimshaw <laughs> from North Coast Brewing. Yeah, I don't... I, we... Chase saw the name of this scrimshaw and he was like, "We're doing it. We it, got it." And it, it's like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> it looks very New Englandy. New England-ish. Got, got a whale on it. You know, it looks like you would get this from Nantucket or something. Now, does it say the it ABV California. or it does not? At least not on the bottle. So that's yeah, so here's the deal. The entire reason that we picked this or that I picked this beer was because I thought the name scrimshaw is totally ridiculous. <laughs> Scrimshaw. <laughs> and to go to talking about branding, the look of the six-pack is awful. Really? It's this electric blue and yellow, <laughs> about as generic as colors get. And it's it just... like a shark tail? Yeah. Like a shark fan it's just got a big whale on it, and it claims it's a Pilsner-style beer, and it describes itself as water, malted barley, hops, yeast, and that's all. <laughs> Sounds like we're in for a pretty bland Sounds experience. Sounds like we're, we're drinking the gap of beer. <laughs> they seriously go for that now. Oh, yeah. Their new strategy is to not have a strategy. <laughs> They're just waving the right flag. Now, has... Did you try it? I haven't gotten to try it yet. Hunter, have you... I took a little sip, but I haven't really taken any notes yet. You haven't? Okay. Well, just the smell alone, it's got a hop there. It ain't like much. a hop. Yeah. It ain't much. Yeah, it smells like what you would expect from a pilsner. It smells light and airy. It's like you a light beer, it. man. How's it, how's it, it feel? It's like a light beer. It has like a little bit more character than a light beer. It's a little less like when you you know when you drink light beer, there's just a little bit of like you know that comes in the aftertaste. It's just yeah, like, it doesn't nah, sit well. That's not that's not a good beer, you know. Well, it's sort of the same, but a little less of that feeling. So I just say like. One step above most light beers. <laughs> right I'm going to be a little less harsh than that. Really? I mean, it just doesn't jump out to me, I guess. Now, I got the privilege of drinking a lot of Pilsners this summer. Okay. In a place that's very close to where Pilsners were even made up. And this is right in line with the Pilsners that I drank this summer. And it's super light. It's super easy to drink. Very easy. This is a very sessionable beer. Um, 
you're right. Not much flavor character, but it also doesn't have that like kind of grossness that you think from a light beer, which yeah. is a plus. That's now, what. Yeah, this smells a little bit odd. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm feeling. You, you're step above light beer. Yeah, I, but I, but it's good. I mean, it's step above in like a, a noticeable way. And Forrest, how are you feeling about it? I mean, it's it's like not a very interesting beer, but it's good. I mean, it's good. I like I. It tastes good. Uh, the only problem I'm having with it is it won't shut up about the Ferguson shooting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just as I, loud as possible, right? You no, know, it's enough already. <laughs> Jeez, enough, thanks, Scrimshaw. Thanks, thanks Scrimshaw. <laughs> Rightly named. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and jump right into the banter time. <sighs> let's do it. This is Witty Banter. <laughs> Okay, before we get into the actual news items, I just want to say two quick little things that I'm, one, excited about, and two, I believe, are a milestone. Get on with it. Number one, Dark Souls 2 was announced for the Xbox One and PlayStation 4, and if you're a Dark Souls fan like me, you're about to lose your mind, because it means you can finally play that game on the consoles. I, don't, I know you guys don't care, but praise, <laughs> the, praise the sun, Banter Nation. I thought, I thought uh, the Dark Souls kids would be praising the, the night. You you know nothing. (laughs) You know nothing, Hunter. Apparently not. Now, number two. This this podcast talks a lot about game consoles. We're also a pretty Xbox-centric podcast, mostly because I own one, and that's where my loyalties have lied for a long time. Now, we've talked a whole lot this year about how Xbox has a lot of ground to to make up, and they've been largely doing that in these this past fall. But some news was announced literally today that I honestly think is going to be the nail in the coffin. Drop it like it's hot. For dude. Xbox. I don't think they can really recover from this. But Street Fighter V was announced as a PlayStation 4 exclusive today. Wow. That's insane. Wow. So is that... Are, are we saying that the implications of that is that Capcom is going to start making PS-exclusive stuff like more often? or It sounds like just this property is going to be exclusive to the PlayStation 4. Hmm. I have never played Street Fighter other than like the arcade game that was at Mustang right. skating rink. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of don't really have any thoughts on that. Now here's why I think it's a big deal. The Street Fighter community and just in general the fighting game community has been growing exponentially it's over the past robust. few years. Yeah. It's enormous. Street Fighter is a cultural phenomenon. I love Street Fighter. There are literally people in Japan and South Korea who make a living from playing these games. There are people who are straight up nationwide celebrities. It sounds like it's more of a blight than a phenomenon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of people are really upset that you just said that, Forrest. But you're basically taking, and, and not only that, but Evo, the biggest fighting game championship every year is held, which is held in Las Vegas. Huge prize. The biggest event of the show is Street Fighter. But you can play Street Fighter on any console at this point, but Street Fighter Five is going to be PlayStation 4 exclusive. I think that's huge. That's pretty cool. That's definitely interesting. I mean, Max will probably be bummed out about that one, huh? Oh, I texted Max earlier today. He hasn't responded because he never does. <laughs> but I said, hey, man, good game. I understand if you buy the PlayStation 4. I really do. Like, that's just insane. Okay. All right. Um, well, we haven't had a couple episodes because of our Thanksgiving holidays. Yeah. But now that the dust has settled... The Black Friday massacres are complete. Let's check in on some <laughs> statistics on how each console fared in the Black, the Black Friday sales. Let's do it. So according to InfoScout, Xbox One took the lion's share of total console sales, clocking in at 53%. Hmm. Behind it was PlayStation 4 with 31%, 
Wow. Followed by Wii U with 6%. Because Smash Bros. just came out, right? It did just come out. Yeah. But when you look at 6% compared to 31 or 53 Where's the rest oh, of the, Where's the rest it. of the percentage? <laughs> Did you say six percent? I didn't even like. That's, yeah, that's that. leaving out ten percent. <laughs> uh, there was Xbox 360 was included in there. Who and, bought? Uh, who went out and bought a 360? No, I don't know, like, man. Some people just don't want to like. Like I was talking to my brother not too long ago, and he was just like talking about how he wanted Netflix. Like all he wanted was a Netflix, and he didn't have any way to access Netflix. And I was like, just go get like an older version of Xbox or something, man. Yeah, like, but he fine. bought it new. Like, no, is that is that are those stats including used consoles? I believe they're. I would assume they're new only. Yeah, you I, do I the would thing, do it new. right. You know, just get the <laughs> get the. Get out of here with your criticism, Boris. Well, the thing is, is an, a new Xbox 360, especially with a Black Friday sale, was probably like thirty bucks anyway. So yeah, thanks. all right, that's true. Yeah, but considering all of the Xbox One bu- bundles and the price drop and the Black Friday sales, I'm not surprised that it had the biggest takeaway. PlayStation 4 definitely had some sales, but they didn't have like the bundling value-added efforts that um, Xbox had. Wii U was a little surprised that it's down there at 6%, considering they've actually had probably the most exclusive games come out this year that have all gotten critical appraise, but they didn't really push for any bundles or sales in general. Hmm. So I guess it's kind of not surprising that it came down it to 6. It doesn't surprise me that they're down to 6. What does surprise me is the differential of 22% between Xbox and PlayStation. I did not think it would be that Me neither. that large. There were, there were videos on the internet of people like literally just running past the entire Xbox display and just ravaging the PlayStation. Really? And I was like, "Well, that's that." <laughs> I don't I don't even know what a Wii U looks like. You know, like probably just the same thing, right? I mean, I mean, I mean you can like visualize I mean, I'm sure you can. Like, every console that you've ever owned, like, there's just a definitive... Like, the Xbox 360, that's a distinctive-looking piece of equipment. Yeah. I have no idea. And you're like, the GameCube? <laughs> right. Yeah. What, what does the Wii U look like? Well, that's <laughs> a huge problem with its sales, was it's, its branding. Most people, when they saw the Wii U... It's the same thing. They thought it was a Wii, like, expansion, or they thought that gamepad controller that comes with the Wii U was just an extra controller for the Wii. What is a gamepad? Oh my god, it's the controller that comes with the Wii U and it's abysmal. It looks like a tablet. Oh. So yeah, the fact <laughs> the fact that the fact that you can't even differentiate them in your mind is a large part of why their sales have struggled. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, we're going to continue on the Nintendo road here. Okay. This is pretty cool. Um so this news story comes from IGN and it states that Nintendo has filed a patent for a Game Boy emulator that could run on non-Nintendo hardware such as planes slash train screens and mobile phones. Do you know what an emulator is, Hunter? Not a, not a really, not no, I don't. Do. Force enlighten him. An emulator is just it's just going to be a program that allows you to basically run all the games that you used to play on your Game Boy. I mean, it's not like you don't put the cartridge in anything. It'll just, you'll download it or something. Okay. So you could go on the internet right now, download an emulator, and then download, like, every game you ever played for Game Boy and just play it right on your computer. Hmm. Now, third-party emulators have run rampant for quite some time just because of how easy it is to get them. Right. And Nintendo sees no profit from that, obviously. Uh, So this action could be seen as an attempt to crack down on that while also potentially generating a huge revenue stream for Nintendo. Because, if I mean, if they put an emulator, I don't care on what mobile phone or whatever, if, if I could get old-school Nintendo games I grew up with for, like, three bucks a pop somewhere, I guarantee you a ton of people 
would hop right back in and buy that. I guess I just yeah. don't like imagine uh, when you're saying that it's an emulator and you could just like plug it into anywhere. So you could play it like on your iPad, you could play it on your phone. Yeah. Is that like what that's, we're that's getting idea, at? Yeah. You, and you could just play it on your computer, HDMI, and no, no, you don't have to plug anything in. It's just like a software you download. And yeah, the like, the emulator yeah, but you is can't, hardware, but you can't put software into like everything that you own that has a screen, right? Is, that's is what, what I'm getting. It at. looks like that's what they're well, trying to do. It would just be an app, most likely, if it was on your phone. It would just be the Game Boy emulation app. I mean, there's really no reason in this day and age that you can't play like. Pokemon Red I know, on, right? on your iPhone. Yeah, and, I, and what's really frustrating is as someone who tries to sit there and support developers as much as I can, there's some games that like you literally cannot play unless you steal them <laughs> via ROMs and emulators. So this is a good way to at least also give back to these old classic games and for a whole new generation of people who didn't grow up with them to so, give them a chance. So why do you feel like that's that much different than like what GameStop does where they recycle game purchases and stuff? Because you would essentially like you would have system. Yeah, you would have the emulator. You would download the emulator. Then you would mm. buy the game and then just play the game on your emulator. And you can't resell it because it's downloaded. Wait, yeah, yeah. You you download the game. You don't buy a physical thing, right? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I can finally get my Battletoads on. Yeah. You know that Xbox filed a patent for Battletoads, <laughs> like recently. Like just to spite games. I think they're gonna. <laughs> I think they're gonna release. Like they're try to do. A, I seriously think they are. I, I don't know <laughs> why you would ever try to touch that pile of trash ever again. But is it terrible? Or I, I have no idea. Battletoads. Yeah. I just, it's just so hard. It's not fun. I just know from the whole joke thing. I mean, have you ever asked someone at GameStop if they had Battletoads? No. <laughs> Wait, do you not know about this? What is this? Okay. A couple years back, everybody realized that this game, like, there were no copies of it anywhere. And so someone orchestrated this mass, like, joke on GameStop where everybody would call in, be like, do you guys have this game called Battletoads? And, of course, (laughs) everybody played dumb and acted like they didn't know, like, they were part of this thing. And eventually, it, it grew past whoever had planned it, and everybody would go ask... I have gotten asked to leave a GameStop for asking if they had that. Are you serious? Like, we need to go do it. I, like, I, I asked, yeah. you know, like this super nice girl comes up to me. She's like, hi, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking for Battletoads. And she like stared at me and was like, is that really what you want? And I was like, yeah, do you, do you not do you not have it? She was like, I think you should go. I was like, oh. And I, like, I felt bad after. I was like, because, you know, I went in with my friend. We like, this is going to be hilarious. And then, like. It was so dry. It was not fun for anyone involved. <laughs> clearly, she'd had her fill of being asked for Battletoads. That's and funny. so, yeah. I'd never heard of that before. That's funny. Okay. It's like breast jokes out of Hooters. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Always in season. (laughs) So these next couple items, I wanted to bring up specifically, Hunter, because you have been doing a research project in this realm. Hmm. We're going to start with light news, and we're going to move on to heavier news. Let's do it, man. So this Monday, there was a server outage on Xbox Live Hmm. that was claimed by a hacker group called Lizard Squad. (laughs) (laughs) Why did they name themselves that? (laughs) Lizard, okay. squad. Yeah, lizard squad. squad. I think they were together. Your like, servers now belong to us. <laughs> All your base are belong to Wizard. <laughs> There's in a college dorm room. <laughs> made Lizard Squad, and now they're like 30-year-old men. Like, we literally can't change this. <laughs> we're too big now, guys. Yeah. Anyway, they, uh, they attacked Xbox Live with uh, DDoS attacks. I want you to explain what a DDoS attack is. 
You're lucky that 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 you chose a DDoS attack because otherwise I wouldn't be able to know what it is. I well, know what a DDoS is. I heard you. Uh, it's a distributed denial of service, and it's basically like the most straightforward form of hacking where you just like it's usually used. And in fact, on more sophisticated hackings, it's usually used as kind of like a Trojan horse. Like they just use it as something to distract you, and then they'll go and do a more sophisticated uh, form of hacking on the other end of your company, but. A DDoS is essentially just like sending, overloading a server with like mail and just traffic and to the point where hopefully, from the hacker's point of view, hopefully that the site will go down and that they'll, the people that usually use service like won't be able to have service. <laughs> so was that? I had to get something out, man. <laughs> <clears throat> is it out? Yeah, it's out. it's out. I think I'm just like losing my voice right now or something. But yeah. How do you know about... Like, how do you know stuff about this? Uh, I'm in. I just got finished with an IT accounting course, and so for the last two weeks, this lady has been bringing in, uh, like you know, colleagues of hers that she knows that She's work been bringing in the lizard squad. Well, that work in the IT field and are trying to like defend next, against the lizard squad. Our next representative <laughs> is from the lizard squad. The head of the, the head Hello, lizards. Kids. His name the is lizard. Reptile Supreme. He's the lizard king. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Your Pokemon emulators will never work. <laughs> but yeah, so like honestly, the our, the lady who like taught the class just brought in like four different speakers that are basically trying to defend against hackers and stuff for for like their company's purpose and they just scared the crap out of me with like all the different stuff that people can do nowadays online. Play my Mac, dude. No, that's not that doesn't do anything. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Do you at have all. a Mac? You're being I smug. Do, okay. No, I do have a Mac, and I've never had a problem. It's also it. smug. Same here. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's just crazy. Mac bros. Oh, y'all are so lame. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like the DDoS is one of the most straightforward ways of trying to bring down somebody's servers, and it's just by overflooding it with a bunch of stuff. Usually. Now, what I don't understand is why game companies or Xbox and, and PlayStation for in particular keep getting attacked by these groups. Like usually I, just I mean, don't understand what they're trying to achieve. I really don't. Well, I feel like there are hacktivists. Like there are people that are doing it in order to promote a cause. But then I also think that there's just dicks. I think that there are dick hackers, you know, it's <laughs> it's also they're just, bored. Yeah. They're just bored. They're they're trying themselves to lizard squad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, also, it's also a centralized location for a bunch of like financial information. Because everyone's got their cards attached to all these accounts. So it's, it's true. just a convenient place to get people's information. And it's from. fully online, you know, for the most part as far as multiplayer interactions. So it's just, it's, it's probably just a vulnerability that they can expose. And I, I think it's scarier than like when Target gets hacked because Target's Target. Like, who cares? Like, whatever. But when, when it's something that you like love, something you're interested in. It, it kind of sh- like it, you feel vulnerable, like oh, the lizard squad can get into my you know destiny account, like yeah, oh dear. Oh For dear. me, I was just annoyed rather than felt vulnerable. Cause I got on a Monday and I was like, I finally have some free time, and now the damn servers don't work. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, I want to use this story, to, this story to segue into another one. Uh, so there was another hack recently last week that targeted Sony Pictures. Mm. I heard about that. Yeah, this is like huge, right? So it had uh, massive repercussions. The company reportedly had 100 terabytes of data stolen. Jeez. (laughs) Ranging from... so much. uh, It's insanity. (laughs) Insanity. Ranging from... A terabyte is... uh, 
It's a thousand gigabytes. A thousand gigabytes. Okay. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> absurdity. There we go. I gotta get something out too, Hunter. It's it's passing around the horn now. Uh, hey man, I'm contagious. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so this data <laughs> ranged from <laughs> employee criminal background checks, salary negotiations, and medical letters explaining leaves of absences. Uh, also among stolen property was an unreleased pilot script from the Breaking Bad creator, as well as sales meeting results. And now all of that data that was stolen mm-hmm. is apparently only contributes for 40 gigs of the 100 terabytes, terabytes. stolen. <laughs> so the lizard squads out there, someone in there, and they're like, we've got all the next like 12 installments of the Assassin's Creed series. <laughs> you want to know what's going to yes. We're going to spoil the internet for days. <laughs> So this hack for days. <laughs> you better stay off Twitter. Because <laughs> the fate of your favorite character is going to be revealed. That's funny. So the hack locked all employees from their computers, forcing them to pen and paper until the mess was handled. Um, now talking about if Lizard Squad was behind it or not, leads me <laughs> to who they think the actual perpetrator was. Now this is interesting and sounds largely speculative, speculative um, but some people are postulating that North Korea could be behind the attacks in response to Sony Pictures' new film, The Interview. <laughs> I doubt it, I dude. doubt it, man. I now, mean, they can't, like... They can't even tie their shoes. <laughs> Jesus. There, anyway, there's a source linking the attacks to uh, Chinese-based North Korean actors, but this source has been neither confirmed nor denied. Okay. That's the only breadcrumb we have. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean... I just don't think that North Korea is capable of stuff right now. I mean, remember <laughs> the last don't. time they tried to, like, launch a rocket? And it, <laughs> it, it fell like, into a puddle? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, they said it, it blew up. I'm pretty sure Tokyo saw that and was like, yeah, no. We're and not letting bl- that. It blew it out of the sky. <laughs> Try again, buds. <laughs> Try one more time. I have. I mean, they condemned Franco and Rogan to death for that movie. So if I, they ever, you know, are have a layover in North Korea, you know, <laughs> all those layovers. They're screwed. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, it's to me talking about being scared or whatever. This is the. I mean, Xbox getting hacked by Lizard Squad is just like, oh yeah, it's just a bunch of dicks. But Sony Pictures losing 100 terabytes of information. And what seems to me, there's just been like an increased trend of like hacker attacks. No, it is. It's, it's, just it's every day. Like, what is It's major corporations are getting hacked every day. Do you th- like ha- going forward, does that mean that they are just going to have to start employing? Is there going to be a bigger job market for online security? It means that we are going to have to far- start putting a lot more money in it because people are just exposing people's. People don't want to pay for that because it's not something that's like directly benefiting the bottom line. It's like insurance. It's almost. a straight up cost. Yeah. It's a suck. It's a suck on your business. And I think that that's what the hackers love more than anything is not only can they infiltrate these systems, but now people are going to have to react and so much more money is going to have to go around IT security just because these people did this. And so they're making that corporation less profitable. They're making that corporation more cumbersome as a business. And they're ultimately accomplishing their goal. I feel like whenever people are attacking these huge corporations, it's usually because they're like, well, screw big corporations. You know, like, I don't like these guys. Like Anonymous? Yeah, yeah, like Anonymous. Do you guys like Anonymous? Anonymous is who I did my project on. Yeah, he knows a good deal about them. I mean, I feel like while we're on this subject, we should go ahead and dive in on sort of how Anonymous operates because I feel like that is a entity that most people are aware of, Mm -hmm. but that, that doesn't go further than that. 
Yeah. We only have like two minutes left before halftime, but I will do as much as I can in a little bit of time. So the Anonymous is basically just a loose collective of anonymous individuals that come together and basically like they'll notice things that are happening both in politics and, um, you know, just like social media stuff that they don't agree with ultimately. And they'll send out these like operations and they'll put videos online. And it's basically like a social engineering effort. So they'll set up, set up a video like my project was about PayPal. Whenever WikiLeaks distributed all this like U.S. information and U.S. said that like that's illegal, bro, you can't be doing that. PayPal cut off funding for WikiLeaks on its site. And then uh, Anonymous was like, screw that, bro. Like that's not cool. And so they just like made this video like Operation Whatever. And they have people like give it hits and people will watch. And if it's like a bigger thing and a lot more people are following it, that means that your hack is pretty much going to be a lot bigger of a it's broader scale. And they'll tell people like, okay, go to this website, like enlist in this little chat forum and we'll give you what you need to do. And you can be a part of the attack. So Anonymous doesn't really have like these specific members that are leading it that everybody knows about. It's like, you and I could be a part of Anonymous if we it, wanted yeah, to Yeah, it's very headless. And, like, they're... It's they're like crowdsourced. Yeah, there are multiple organizations that sort of make it up, like, um, like LulzSec and things like that. And, you know, some of them have gone under or been infiltrated by the FBI. But, I mean, e- when they cut off one head, another one just shows up. Yeah, what That's happened kind of What happened in my case with PayPal is they, they, they indicted 14 people. They found 14 people and, like, charged them or whatever. And then none of those people are, like really associated with anonymous they're just like normal people mm-hmm. that were just like just i like, didn't even know what i was shit. doing yeah they're <laughs> just like i didn't even know like i just followed this thing you know yeah like, it, it's just it's an idea you know if you want to be a part of it you just follow and you can't it. stamp out an idea you really can't yeah so that's why it's scary is because like it was one of the first groups that showed you, you can be politically active through like online like action active uh, yeah like activism hacktivism is what they call it so and these guys are like so good yeah like, you know if the real people like the you'll never find them no. like oh the the actual architects yeah unless lulsec is an interesting um example of the only way it can go wrong is if they can get to one person then flip them and like make a deal with them like hey you're, yeah. your life is screwed unless and so like yeah that's yeah. what happened to lulsec is they got sold out by their leader because he got caught and he he flipped all I forget his name, but uh, classic he, snitch. He is just branded as the biggest traitor of like hacktivists out wow. there. Wow, they, they hate this guy. Damn. I forget his name. <laughs> Money guys. Well, what started with uh, Scrimshaw talking about Ferguson and ending <laughs> with so anonymous with, with hacks. It's been a pretty grim show. So it's been let's good. let's take a moment, it's have good. a halftime. We'll brighten it up when we come back. All right, sounds good. <laughs> This is Witty Banter. Don't forget to follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter and shoot an email over to wittybantershow at gmail.com. Alright, we're back and we're done playing board games. Beep, beep, beep. Boo. bop. How do you guys feel about this beer? It's growing on me a little bit. Okay. But in, not in because what ways? it's like a mushroom grows on something or like a beard grows on something. It's about at the rate of a snail crawl. Okay, who gets a? I mean, it's it's very slowly slowly starting to be less of just like me looking at this as just a light beer with a little bit of something on top of it, and now it's like starting to take on the form of itself, like its own taste. But at the same time, like yeah, it's just really really light and really easy to drink. It is sort of like drinking water. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Ultimately. I'm but, pretty indifferent. It's like, how do you feel about the color gray? Like, yeah. <laughs> kind of like I feel gray about it. <laughs> the thing is, is I don't, I don't, yeah, I guess I'm in the same area where like, I don't want to insult it, but I don't want to praise it. Either. Yeah. I don't want to you know? harp on it, but it's not, it's not giving me the chug You don't want to harpoon on it? <laughs> whale jokes. Whale jokes. <laughs> Dude, I got I got hella whale jokes. <laughs> whale jokes for days. I, I don't know. I think it's it smells just the only thing I can really get from it is like a hint of hop in the in the nose. I can't even tell you what kind of hop. I and, can't even barely get that. Yeah, and then the taste is passable. It's maybe I mean it's not even citrus. Nope. I don't Nope. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to say no to everything you're saying. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's probably can't, maybe, can't pinpoint anything. Maybe here. a tad bit of banana. <laughs> we'll just go with that. You're now one of those dudes. <laughs> like, mm, like, mm. Mm, banana. Banana. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's really not much to say. Like, I mean, the whole reason we bought it was because the name was funny, which is funny, ironic because the. The branding sucks, but the name made me buy it. Yep. It's an ugly color scheme. It's terrible. <laughs> I do like it's. What is this like supposed to be? A car? Is that a, a fin That's or a some fin. ivory or what? Or whale, whalebone or whatever? Or yeah. Tooth? Tooth? No, whales don't have teeth. They have. Uh, well, there's a there's some, teeth on this, this picture. This whale has teeth. Well, this whale's an idiot. Whales. Have, <laughs> all right, who cares? <laughs> it's no, teething all wrong. Whales have got like a to, like toothbrush things in there. Some mouth. do. I know you're talking about the. Uh, are you talking about like humpback whales that have like the bristles? <laughs> yeah. Oh, do some have teeth? I guess a killer whale. Yeah. Got some teeth. Yeah, I got yeah teeth. for okay. sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, all right. it's time. For a fan favorite, that we're bringing back Dopey Definitions. You guys use, like, big words. Literally gigantic. Dopey Definitions. Dopey! Now, Dopey Definitions is a really fun game where a host basically puts in front of the other players really funny words, and they have to try to guess what the definitions are. If they get close, they get a point. If they don't get close, the host gets a point. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's interesting. We got two people playing right now. So... How we're going to do it is if one of you two, whoever gets the closest to the word, mm-hmm. gets a point. If yep. none of you get close, I get a point. Okay. Now, to go ahead and decide who's going to go first, I need some Rambo. Ram- oh, my God. Rochambeau. Roche, thank you. Rochambeau action. Let's do it. Do it, dude. Go ahead, guys. All right. So we're going to go on three Rochambeau rock, paper, scissors. What? What Rochambeau. the hell just happened? Rochambeau is rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> okay. We're going to go Rochambeau, one, two, three, rock, paper, scissors, plethora. <laughs> We're going to play rock, paper, scissors. Do you, do you play shoot? That's what I'm saying. We're going to go on shoot, and we're only going to do it once. Okay. Okay. Yeah, one and done. Rock, rock paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. What kind of paper is Damn that? It. That's like already cut That's up. Def- it's like you were destined to lose, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I can't do it really with my ring, but okay. Uh. Squid paper. All right. <laughs> you go first, man. Paper. All right. Actually, how about you get to choose? Yeah, you, you get to choose. First. You, you can go second if you would like to go. I will go second. Okay. I will, I will hear. But it'll switch from turn to turn. So Now, okay. there's, a, there's a theme in my words here, guys. These oh. are all words that have been added to the Oxford Dictionary this year. Nice. Oh, that's so it's cool... all like selfie and stuff. Yeah, there's some interesting ones. <laughs> that's, a, that's a cool uh, little theme. I no, like that. All right. Cool. First word. So is Hunter? Is this no, Hunter? This is you. No, I said oh, I'll go second. My B. My B. This is damn whale. My B. Let's address the whale in the room here. Okay. Word number one. It's a noun. Okay. It is spit take. A spit spit take. Spit take. Obvious. Okay. So a spit, <laughs> <laughs> a spit take is uh, whenever you 
are not going to give like your full effort on something. You're going to like give it your best try, basically like a rough draft or something. Okay. Okay. That's that's gonna be what, in my interpretation, like, you know what? I don't know if I can make the best beer here, if I can brew it really well, but we're gonna get a nice little spit take beer. Okay. Out of this, you know, it's gonna like a it'll, shot it'll suffice. Probably a spit take. Yeah, beer. it's like it'll suffice. I can't. You know I what you. I mean? Okay, cool. So that's what it is. How do you feel? Oh, no, 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 no. A spit take is the evolution of the phrase a double take. You know, when you see something, you're like, what, what was that? But in the modern age, you know, there's so much distractions happening around us. You, you turn your head so quickly, spit just flies out of your mouth. You're like, what was that? And then, you know, so he's taking a little literal turn with this. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a winner here, guys. Forrest could not be more right. What? <laughs> this, what? Are you kidding this me? This <laughs> is the definition of spit take. An act of suddenly spitting out of out liquid one is drinking in response to something funny or surprising. Oh my god. You nailed it, dude. That's awesome. Cool. Okay. cool. Point to forest. Point to right. forest. Number Did two. Not see that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. I love just saying this one. So now you're going first. Okay. Yes. The word, which is a noun, is schwitz. S H V I T Z. Schwitz. Schwitz. Yes. And it's a noun. Yes, it right. is. A schwitz. <laughs> a schwitz is obviously a. Uh, <laughs> it's a bath. It's a bath that you take, but it's a bath that you take in um, in smashed bananas. Smashed bananas. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's good for your skin. You're like, oh man, it's been a long week. I've had a lot of tests. I need a schwitz. Go buy a ton of bananas. Because for your schwitz bath. <laughs> for your schwitz bath. Okay. Okay. I understand. Now, Hunter, what do you think a schwitz now, is? No, a schwitz is clearly <laughs> obvious. <laughs> it's 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 a food. It's something you consume. Okay. Right? And uh, it's like I I want to think of it almost as like a pancake. You know, like <laughs> give me give me some butter to spread on my schwitz. <laughs> That's a lot key. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I, I think that a schwitz is basically just like some sort of ethnic food, and you consume it, and it's it, good. It does have an ethnic feel to it. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Like it a like a, Russian almost. Uh, I hear more of like a like Hebrew kind of Yiddish like schwitz. <laughs> yeah, right. Schwitz. So here's what's funny. This word also has a clear winner. Hmm. Forest. Dang it, dude! <laughs> a banana bat? <laughs> what? A schwitz is defined as a sauna or <laughs> or, <laughs> or a banana I'm bat. Not, <laughs> I'm not even done. A sauna or steam bath. <laughs> the word bath is literally in it. Forrest, you're full of shit, man. <laughs> oh, no, man I'm just, I mean, it does. I'm telling you, like it took oh all my, my power God. not to break face when he said bath. Oh I was like, goodness. "There's no effing way." Okay, <laughs> damn it, dude. <laughs> okay, two back. <laughs> We're gonna make up some ground here, Hunter. If he gets another one of these, We're done. It's over. It's over. <laughs> okay, let's go. So here it is. I'm down. This I'm is here. your word. All right, you ready? This word is also a noun. Okay. This word is listicle. Listicle. Yes. L I S. T I C L E, listicle. Okay, so a, a listicle. Damn, this one's tough. So a listicle is when you. <laughs> I have to go literal here. You have to make a list of some sort, right? And you are um, incorporating your list in some sort of 
like action. Like you need to do something with your list. So it's like I need to make this listicle of stuff I need to do or something. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm, that's what I'm going to say though. Is the listicle is just a applied list of things. Okay. Uh, Interesting. I Hunter no couldn't idea. be more wrong. A listicle is a tasseled vest worn by wizards. <laughs> if you're <laughs> freaking right here, Hunter, you got it. Point, oh. point to Hunter. Why is it so like like everything is so like straightforward? <laughs> what, what did he even say? <laughs> I don't know. So you were on the right track. An article. So a listicle is an article on the internet presented in the form of a numbered or bullet pointed list. Okay. So all. So it's tr- like a list article. So all the trash. Polluting our Facebook feeds. Those are listed. Twenty-three reasons why wizards were oh, tasseled. Yes, <laughs> I hate those. Now I have a way to like refer to them. Now, great. <laughs> yeah. See, if we're educating the people. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. All right, this next one's fun. Really fun, even. It's coming back to me. It's right? It's all you. Correct. Yours. For the win. This is a noun, <laughs> and it is grandfondo. 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 What is a grandfondo for us? Can you spell it? G R A N. F O N D O. So I okay. So it's not grand fondo. Yeah, it's grand fondo. Grand fondo. Grand fondo. Grand fondo. That's a cool word. I want to use that. It's a good one. A a grand fondo is a patriarch of a criminal organization. We have to take (laughs) out the grand fondo of of that family because he's been taxing our wizard vests way too high. And I'll, uh, and I'll get a nice spitz afterwards. These listicles have literally doubled in prices. <laughs> okay, so you're going to go with the uh, the it's patriarch. Patriarch yeah. of, a, of a criminal organization. It's a okay. grand fondo, yes. Okay. I'm gonna how, say, how do you reply? I'm going to say a grand fondo is another type of like sort of like a food in a way. I'm thinking almost like a fondue in a way. Mm. Almost like a chocolate fountain. But it's, like, but it's like very eloquent. It's only in uh, classy occasions that this food... You know, ripples down. So, like waves. the chocolate fountain at um, Golden Corral. Correct. That would be a Grand Fondo. That you could not have picked a less classy place <laughs> to, to put a Grand Fondo. <laughs> Does this have a clear winner? You guys are both wrong. Ah, so that's Chase a point. gets a Chase. point. Okay. Well, all right. It's two to one to zero. A Wait, Grand Fondo. No, it's two to one. Two to one, one, one. one. Two, okay. You know what? Fine. You gotta keep the score here, bro. Look, I, I just provide you're the, the you're words. The proctor, man. You know what? I don't like to proctate sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> what he likes to listicle. A grand fondo is a long-distance road cycling event in which a large number of participants <laughs> ride a marked route. Like an Iditarod. Yes. <laughs> and I know you would like to use that word in your everyday vocabulary, Hunter, but, but I don't think it's going to happen. happen. <laughs> yeah. Grand fondo. So like Tour de France is uh, a grand fondo of sorts? Yes. Yeah. A prime well, example of grand fondo. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, this next... This last word I say for the last because when I first heard it, I, I just chuckled to myself and yeah. I was like, "This this word inspired dopey definitions today." What happens if Hunter gets it and he and I tie? It's a tie. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's a tie. Right. It's a tie. Unfortunately. Right. I could also get it, so uh, don't rule me oh, out, yeah, bro. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> you won on Grand Fondo. You damn right I did. Because you somehow got Schmitz. If, if it's between <laughs> y'all, if it's between y'all, I have a word that could tie break. Oh All right. boy. All right. All right, the word. Who's, whose turn is it? Who just uh, it's mine. It's Hunter's going. Yeah. Okay. Hunter, your word is dongle. <laughs> <laughs> dongle is a noun. Hunter, what is a dongle? I want to say. <laughs> what do you want to say? It's a noun. Oh, man. I, I just want to say it's like a phallic. <laughs> like a phallic thing. 
Like it's uh, anything phallic looking. Anything phallic, like a hot dog could be a dongle, or a popsicle could be a dongle. dongle. So your head's in the right place because when I heard dongle, I was just like, yeah, <laughs> penis. <laughs> but I a mean, phallic is penis. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I mean, that was the first thing that crossed my mind. But I'm I'm gonna say that a dong it's dongle. Dongle. A dongle is a a a fool, a moron, an imbecile. Ooh, that's nice. That guy's a real dongle. That guy's a real dongle. And of course, <laughs> you know, it could have its roots in some, fa- you know, like, like it's like the same thing as saying, like, that guy's a dick or a butthead. You right, know, like, yeah. But I'm going to say that the common usage is to refer to a fool. Okay. okay. Well, it looks like it's going to go to a tiebreaker between me and Forrest because none of you guys got that point. All right, what is it? Ooh. A dongle is a small piece of hardware that attaches to a computer, TV, or other electronic device in order to enable additional functions. It's like a HDMI or something. A little dongle there. <laughs> That's, that's, hey, could you that throw me that dongle? It's so obvious, like, <laughs> it, the, the thing was so ambiguous. They're like, what do you call that? Uh, a little, uh, a little dongle. A little dongle there. there. Yeah, let's get that dongle in what there. A stupid word. So, Hunter, help us out. How are we going to finish this? Okay, so we have one word. Okay. Right? And uh, it is also a noun. Ooh. A lot of nouns here. This one, I don't think it's been, an, I think it's been a part of the dictionary for a while. <laughs> don't quote me on that. Who, who's going to go first here? Rochambeau. On shoot. Ready? Rochambeau oh, shoot. Oh, I, I the psychology is now flexed. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, the game has changed. It's doubled over on I itself. Did, I did scissors. What would you do? Don't even worry about I it. Almost, right, right, I almost spit right. take that right. one. Rochambeau shoot. That's what threw me. Okay. okay. Wait. Rochambeau shoot. Okay. Okay. Right. okay. That's what threw me. So are you going to let him go first or you do you want to go first? I will go first. Okay. Your word today Ooh. for the tiebreaker, for the win, Jollux. J-O-L-L-U-X. It's a noun? Of course. J-O-L-L-U-X. Okay. Well... I actually know this one if you'd prefer me to go first. You don't know it. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also pretty simple. I'm actually glad you picked this one. Okay. So, you know, like, dogs have jowls. Mm -hmm. They hang down. Well, jowlix are simply the jowls of obese people. Hmm. Whenever they get ranch dressing or any sort of food item stuck in their jowlix, that's where the word came up. It's, it's not J-O-L-L. It's not jowl. It's jowlix. I know, but you know, we've had a lot of movement in people and dialects. The, the spellings changed. Got you. Got and, you. And so that's what a jowlix so it's is. Like, so it's, like it's like the jaw area of a fat person. You can't say neck because it's not the neck. Oh, got you. You can't say jaw or the jowl because... they don't have those. They got those. So. Got you. What you got for us? How, how do you pronounce the word again? Jollux. Jollux. Okay, you were saying jollux. It was kind of thrown. Yeah, like so we got to, you know... Jollux. <laughs> a jollux is a binge of laughter that an overweight or fat, obese person goes on and... It just makes everybody uncomfortable. He's sitting over there. He's like, oh, ho, 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 that was hilarious. Wizard vest. What? <laughs> and, that and, forest is a golden monkey. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Chase is on a bit of a joke. You know what's funny here is that this didn't settle the tie. <laughs> of course it didn't. <laughs> because a Jollix is just a fat person. What? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed the fat person part of it. <laughs> just unbelievable, just, uncanny. It just reeked in obesity. Really, dude. <laughs> Jollux. Okay. All right. Well, that was a good one. Good guy. Well, let me get my good breath Jollux. back as we check into Nick's mail corner real fast. It's, 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 it's,
Mail Corner. Oh, yeah. I love Nick's Mail Corner. So we're going to go back and we're going to finish up um, Tyrell's email. Uh, you've never met Tyrell. I have not. Tyrell is a badass. He's a really cool dude. He is so damn cool. And the first time I met him, I met him with my buddy Chris and we were brewing beer. I was like, this guy, he's got a really cool beard. Boom. He seems calm, cool, and collected. I find out one of his favorite bands is The Sword, one of my favorite bands. Like, I definitely know this guy is cool. Mm -hmm. Started hanging out with him more. Turns out one day we're at like a uh, cookout at Chris's place. I don't remember what the occasion was. And I'm like, I'm going to climb this tree because I like to be the guy that, that climbs, climbs trees. trees. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm the tree climber. Clearly. I, tr I climb this tree. I get like 10 feet up. If that. Six feet up. So Next, not high or high? Not very high. <laughs> but high enough for me to think that I'm the shit. Okay, cool. Tyrell's just like, oh, you like to climb trees too? Throws his shoes off. And within <laughs> about 20 seconds... Probably, scale the tree. It was probably close to the moon. And wow. I literally just got out of the tree and that's was like, close. well, I'm a jackass. You know? Well, that's pretty cool. He's a man of many talents. His song or his music choices are supreme. And he's a brewer at Thirsty Planet, making him our go-to expert on beer knowledge. Yeah. I'm excited for the opportunity to go film a podcast oh, yeah. with him at we're, Thirsty Planet. We're taking you up on it, Tyrell. We're it's coming gonna, to brew. It's going to happen. And after that, we're coming to podcast. Boop, boop, boop. So thank you, Tyrell, for the question. He's going to go a little bit further from the first one that we had. Okay, and he cool. says, since Chase and I share interest in similar music and both of you are musicians, I find there to be a lack of discussion on the topic in your show. With music? Yeah, he's calling us out. Musical mastery. I agree. We have a segment. I've noticed it's never come up as well in the few times I've been here. And I think the reason is we don't have a lot, or at least... We don't have a lot of musical stuff in Overlaps? Common. Yeah. I mean, like, I like some of the stuff that you guys like. We both like Radiohead, but, like, I don't, I don't love Radiohead. They're cool. But I don't think any of us have... Well, I don't know. I can't speak for you two. We had, we had a, a section of, of the podcast that we called Musical Mastery, and it was basically we would either review, like, an album or a concert that we went to, but that's really the only stuff that we've done with music. Yeah. We need to bring it back. I'm down. But, yeah, you're right, too. Yeah. I think our tastes don't align as easily as others could mm -hmm. but at the same time I feel like we use that perception to not talk about it so we just need to broach that some more you know I what? definitely have a musical respect for both of you Ooh. I mean you because I, you know just I've seen you perform as a musician and then you just because even though I don't like Rush <laughs> clearly <laughs> clearly you know what you're talking about when it comes to your analysis of their music and other other musicians so I respect that in and itself, even though I don't listen to the same things. The charade is working. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate that. So that's the reason why there's been a lack of discussion. We just need to bring it back, really. I'm down. Um, so on to his question. He says, are there any songs from your life that you can remember the first time you heard them? Extra points if you can remember the place you were and what you were doing. Why do you think that song impacted you? For me, there are quite a few. Hell's Bells by ACDC and Enter Sandman by Metallica. I also mm. remember the first time I heard Hell's Bells by ACDC. Nice. I, was on, I was in the car on the way to a hockey tournament with Daniel Buckner. Don't know if you guys I, know. We went to high school with him. It's a familiar name. Okay, and they, they turned that on, and I was just like, what is this? This, <laughs> this is, is like, awesome. I want to go like, kick <laughs> the hell out of somebody on the hockey rink now. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Anyway, so he, you know, he just basically says that those two songs were gateways for his downward spiral into heavy metal, and he lists several other songs <laughs> that really resonated with him. And he says, thanks for reading this, and keep on the bee-booping. Cheers. So, songs that we can really, that have stuck with us, have impacted us, and we can think about that specific moment in time. I, I, can, uh, I can name a couple. 
Go ahead. Uh, so I remember the first time, I mean, it's lame because I'm obsessed with Radiohead. I remember the first time I listened to Radiohead. Uh, I was going to, I was in California with my parents. And my dad was like playing golf at uh, Pearl Be- or Pebble Beach. And he was like so excited. We were on our way back. And the night before, I had like cricked my neck because I slept on it wrong. And I literally could not move my neck like straight. I had to look to the left like at all times. And so I was just miserable. And for some reason, my parents were like, all right, let's go, let's go home, but let's travel the long way around California and the do the scenic, the scenic route. Yes, like Highway 1 or whatever that is. <laughs> route 66. And I remember just being so miserable because I had to like, I was sitting in the back and I, I just was had a cricked neck and I had to look to the left the whole time. But I put on, an, uh, I was like, you know, I need some music right to get car. me through this. And I put on Radiohead and it was Hail to the Thief. And uh, first time I listened to 2 plus 2 equals 5 and then Sit Down, Stand Up and then Sail to the Moon. That 3-0, after I like took it out, I was like, what the hell did I just listen to? Yeah. I'm already you know, like hooked on this. The only other one that I can really, really remember is when Scott Jameson told me to listen to uh, a Modest Mouse song, and it was called uh, God... No, The Stars Are Projectors, and uh, I think it's off of The Moon in Antarctica. It's like this like 10-minute long jam song that Modest Mouse has, and it's just like... I think it was Scott Scott's favorite song at the time. And so he put it on and I was like, this is awesome. And I like, you know, Modest Mouse has that weird voice and it's just so different. So yeah. those are the two songs that were like, for me, were just really kind of like, wow, like that stuck out to me for sure. Boris, how about you? A lot of mine would go back to, to the roller rink, uh, just warming up during, during hockey games. A lot of, uh, a lot of my favorite bands like Blink-182 or like Newfound Glory, st- a lot of pop punk stuff would come on over the, the PA. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the first place I, I discovered a lot of that and then, you know, got more into it from friends and stuff. But I'd, I'd say the most uh, impactful musical discovery I ever had, my favorite record of all time, and it's kind of a random one because I don't even care for their other music that much, uh, Hot Fuss by The Killers. It's the record with Mr. Oh, Mr. I love that Mr. one. Mr. Brightside I love and like, that Smile one. Like You Mean It. I remember being at the zoo with uh, with my friend Devin Hirsch and um, so, uh, a couple girls, um, and it started to pour. It was like just raining, and so we were on that little train in the Houston Zoo, <clears throat> and I remember sitting on the train uh, listening to Hot Fuss with um, those girls and Devin, and I just remember thinking like the mood around was us perfect. was perfect for yeah. the dark storminess that is that album. It's just a dark dance floor, like just rainy day album. Yeah. Like dark techno, like dark techno yeah, kind of stuff. Hard yeah. on your sleeve kind of stuff. And that that always stuck with me as a powerful musical experience. Cool. Awesome. I have a I feel like I have a couple small ones I can draw on and okay. then a, a major one. So the first time I ever listened to Alt J, um, an Austin Wave was Something I don't think I'll ever forget. Mm-hmm. I was in my backyard. My parents were asleep. I just had the like the low lights on, and I had my little jam box out there, and I was smoking a cigar, and I put the first song on that. And literally, the in the intro song when his vocals came over the track, I was blown away. I was like, <laughs> I, "This is incredible!" Is this? <laughs> I remember the first time I heard it too. I was like, "What was, what yeah. was that?" I, and like, I, I didn't even know if I liked it. I just remember being like. Yeah, it was just this incredible experience. Um, Also, I've I've had a Radiohead moment as well. Mm. Not the first time I listened to them, but when I ran my first marathon, I made this huge playlist of music that I was supposed to last me well over the time that I thought it would take me to run a marathon. Mm -hmm. The very last song was Jigsaw Falling Into Place by Radiohead, and that was the song that I crossed the finish line on. 
the last song in the playlist that I made. It was just really serendipitous. That's awesome. Now, with Rush, I grew up with Rush, so there was never like a moment, like an aha moment with mm -hmm. them. But growing up with them, I had heard them so much that when I was finally in college in my freshman year at um, Texas State, I dove backwards into their catalog a little bit more, and I was exploring their music that I haven't heard yet, and that's mm -hmm. the first time I listened to 2112, which is now my favorite song of all time. And that song's like 19 minutes long, and I literally listened to that song. It, it was perfect. It took me literally... The exact halfway point in that song is what it took me to get to class, and then to return to class, I would listen to the other side. <laughs> I listened to that song for an entire semester Damn, that's on my cool. way back and forth to class. Nice. So it's kind of forever like tied to that walk to class for in, you. In a way. Yeah, cool. totally. Cool. Thank, excellent, excellent question, Tyrell. Tyrell. Way to go. Really appreciate Thank it. You, Tyrell. He emailed the show at wittybantershow at gmail.com, just like you can if you want to be a part of it. Please do. Now, let's go ahead and put some numbers on these beers, and uh, we'll get out of here. Okay. Forrest, I want you to go first. I'll give it a... I mean, for what it was, I'll give it a seven. It wasn't perfect. So good? Yeah, so it, was, good. it was good beer. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Okay. I feel like 6.5 is too much, but 6.0, I feel like it's too less, but I'm going to give it a 6.0. Okay. I'm going to give it a 6.0. I, I, it was... It's okay. It was solid. It was straightforward. It was easy to drink. It was light. I wish it would have had a little more flavor, a little more something to grab onto, yeah. but it wasn't bad. That's what's so interesting is in this show, you know, we're, we're kind of constantly trying to at least tell people some sort of flavor indicator for them to go off of, but mm -hmm. like I honestly don't have anything. cannot <laughs> tell you what this beer tastes like. Yeah. Just the experience that we can take And it's from not it. as bad as something like Coors or any no, other no, light no, no, beer no, no. would be, no, but no. it is a light beer. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to give it a straight five. I'm going to go right down the middle. Okay. This beer is a, just mediocre. So we split it in seven, six, five. Mm -hmm. We've done that twice now, where we all had completely different on a scale factor. I so like that's it. good. I like it. You would not expect this beer to burn down the pizza hut in your town. Exactly. <laughs> you sure as hell won't find it at the public library. All right. Well, let's go ahead and sure. start the plug-a-thon. Uh, Witty Banter Show, we post to iTunes every week. All you got to do is search Witty Banter on iTunes, hit subscribe, and our downloads will pop up for free whenever we post one. We're also on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. You can send your emails in to wittybantershow at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at wittybantershow. And last but not least, you can look at our horribly ugly faces at YouTube. <laughs> Just go to youtube.com and search Witty Banter, and you should find all of our episodes that we have up there. For sure. I am Bodace Chase on Twitter. Hunter is at Diesel Door Set, and Forrest is at Forrest Collada. And then for the three of us, this has been Witty Banter, episode 37. Thank you for listening, and have a great weekend. Beep, 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 beep,